Welcome to Rogue Bogues, episode 39 of the basketball series. Myself and Mike Procopio, Hoop Consultants. I am live talking from basically my hospital ward pro. I am um, I'm fresh out of nasal surgery. So for all the listeners out there, this is the kind of dedication I have towards a podcast. But I'm not going to lie, I'm struggling pro. I'm really struggling. Folks, what the fuck? Like, you know what? It's funny. We did the call in. You sounded like you had something going on did, did something flare up or did you just say hey you know i got nothing going on i might as well get this thing done now rather than a year from now or 10 years from now well oh yeah no it's everything it's, good so i've broke my nose i think i've broken my nose seven times i think playing professionally so um different parts oh, of my fuck. nose have broke seven times from elbows and whatever you know they've always told me there's no point in getting it perfectly fixed while you're playing because if, if it gets hit again the whole surgery is then pointless so Finally got scheduled in. Um, I was getting shit from people that you know saw my Instagram videos when I did the selfie videos about my nostrils being looking very, very silly because one was massive, one was small. But um, finally got it fixed. But yeah, it's a, it's a brutal surgery, man. So he had to um, surgeon had to break my nose back into place, Ooh. get out all the scar tissue and swelling, and and uh, yeah, I'm on day. What am I? I? Had it on Wednesday, Sunday here now, but I'm just starting to feel better, man. I was high on oxycodone and all that kind of shit for the last three or four days, barely being able to sleep, but. Like I said, it's dedication to the podcast, Pro. I'm here. I'm ready to go. Hey, Bogues, no one could ever said you're not a fucking Iron Man. I'll tell you. <laughs> I'll tell you. And before we start up, I want to apologize to everybody for my fu- – again, you don't see this in the media ever, but I fucked up last week about the Atlanta Hawks deal with Collins' contract. I read the headline while we were going over it. And it said, and it's, I didn't notice the uh, Trey Young. I thought they gave him $207 million, And that's what I'm saying, throwing the fucking money out the window. And then, you know, it's sort of like buying a Nissan Altima for 275000 I love the Nissan Altima. I'll always get them. But I'm not going to pay 270000 for a fucking Nissan Altima. And I like J- Collins as a player, but not for $207 million. But and in, in reality, I think the contract was a little over, you know, it was over a hundred, but not the two hundred. That was a Trey Young's deal. So clickbait. You, will, got clickbaited. Uh, you got clickbaited by the headline. Yeah, I will take the I will take the fucking hit on that one, folks. I'm like, I'm like ninety nine point nine percent of the media. I will admit when I fuck up. Oh, we all make mistakes. That's all good. Not an not an issue whatsoever. But uh, sweet. Anyway, I don't recommend anyone get nasal surgery soon. That's one thing I'm not recommending, but we'll get started. We're going to go through our West predictions. We are a few days late because there have been a couple of games, but it has given us a little uh, scope into what teams are looking like, but we're going to do our West breakdown. We did our East last week, so if you haven't seen that, go through that. Playoff bound or bounced? We'll start with the Utah Jazz Pro. This one's an obvious one. It's, it's bound. They'll be close, in my opinion, to being the best regular season team again. I think they have a very solid team. Very good regular season team with the grind of the regular season. They'll win a lot of games. They'll be up there in the West. Can they surge in the playoffs? So that's the big question around the Utah Jazz. They've had great regular seasons the last couple of years, but they, they seem to get bounced. Um, can they adapt to the small ball that teams uh, generally go to with Rudy Gobert in the game? Can Rudy play versus those small ball lineups in a playoff series is a big question. They are the beacon of consistency. They do really, really well day to day, like I said. I don't mind the Hassan Whiteside uh, pickup. But it is a, he's a very similar player to Rudy in a way, where he's a shot blocking, rebounding big. He's not going to bring you a lot of perimeter play. So if teams do go small, you probably can't even play him that much. The Rudy Gay pickup, I think that helps a little bit. It's a, he's another scoring threat when he's healthy. They can get a bucket with his size and length. So I think he'll help him in, um, in that capacity. But 
look, if they don't if they don't go deep into the playoffs, we thought this roster would be tweaked already, but it's not. But this is probably their last hurrah to push all their chips to to the table to try and, you know, get to a championship series pro. What are your thoughts on the Utah Jazz? Folks, I, I sort of mirror everything you just said as far as the lineup. Um, they're consistent. They they can kill you in the regular season. They can hurt you in the playoffs, but then they get hurt when they get deeper into the playoffs. I think having the offensive firepower you know, to really get by teams and, and, you know, like Donovan Mitchell, obviously he's got to be clicking and then those other guys got to make shots, right? Like, you know, Conley's injury hurt them last year in the playoffs for sure. Um, but like Bogdanovich, Ingles, you know, those guys can make shots in Clarkson, you know, he's either really on or really not, you know, so just having that consistent, they don't really have that consistent like really good number two offensively. They've got a bunch of guys that are good players and really solid. But, you know, that's sort of what they lack. But I'll tell you, if you're gonna hit if you're gonna hit any year, folks, without, you know, with the Clippers, you know, the Lakers going through their shit show they're going through now. Obviously it's only two games, but then obviously the Clippers, you don't know what's gonna happen with Kawhi Leonard. If you're gonna make a run, I think this year is definitely in the West, this this year is definitely going to be the year. Golden State, you know, they got guys coming back, but you know, you don't know how Clay's going to be, you know, coming back for this season and, and how that's going to get impacted or affected. Um, but I mean, I really like them. They got a really good coach. They got good players. They got a solid system. They play really well. They share the ball. But I think it when it comes down to it in the playoffs, folks, I think having that like that second go-to scorer consistently is going to be a problem. Gorbeers struggles a little bit with those small lineups on those switching things and getting by guys sometimes, guys getting by them. And then offensively, you know, not having another shooter on the floor and having them in there in the playoffs is, especially when teams go small, it's a, yeah, it's an interesting dilemma. They're obviously playoff bound. I just don't know how deep they can go. I don't see them, I don't really see them, Winning a championship this year, I think they're going to have to make some changes long term if that to happen. But I think they could definitely knock on the door, possibly get to a conference final. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. Hopefully they can prove us wrong, but they, they are a great team. They're very, very solid, but they just they can't get over the line when it's crunch time. Denver Nuggets playoff bound. Um, if Murray gets healthy, I think it'll it'll help, but. I see much of the same for Denver as last season, in my opinion. Even with Murray healthy, I don't think their roster's improved that much. Um, I think they'll be a, a second-round exit team max. I think that's a good year for them. They get to the second round. I don't think they'll get further than that. I mean, Jokic's usage is insane. I mean, he's 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 so fun to watch. I love everything he does. The other issue is if he, he gets any kind of an injury or he's out for any amount of games, I don't see them winning anything. So they have a lot of pressure hoisted on, on the MVP, but... He'll he'll take that in stride. He's playing very very good basketball, but yeah, I just don't see Denver improving too much on what they did last season. I think that's kind of the max for this roster and, and what they're going to do. Playoff bound, but second round exit. Pro. Yeah, same Bogues. I mean, I, I just think with the you know with their situation, I don't know if they have enough shooting around Jokic to to a consistent perimeter shooting to really to go deep. They don't really again. They don't have that other guy that they can go to. They got to rely on him to do everything: pass, score in the post. You know, shoot the ball. You know, he doesn't really play much defense, but it doesn't really matter. Like, they got a good team. They're solid. They got a good coach. They play hard. They're a team that you root for. You want them to go far, right? And um, I think, yeah, they're probably – they could possibly get to a conference final, but I I could see them winning a round and then going deep in round two. But, 
you know, again, I just think they come up with the same problems. They got to get, they got to get more shooting. They got to get that. Now, Michael Porter Jr., I mean, he's the one guy that could really make a, a big leap. I mean, he made a leap last year, but I think he, he, he's got, he might have another gear that he can go to, another level that he can go to. Um, he's struggling a little bit this year to find his rhythm at only 11 a game, but I, I could see him sort of really helping this team. But yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't see them. I don't see them really making a huge run, but I could see them definitely getting into the second round. Agree. Much of the same. Portland, I got them playoff bound with a caveat. They'll be a playing team, in my opinion, if they make the playoffs. Look, they can get buckets. They can score with the best of them. They still don't play no defense. Uh, do they make a trade? Does CJ stay? Does Dame stay? They're all the question marks. But if they can just buy into a little bit of defense, which is easier said than done when you don't have defenders, that's a big, big part of it. If they can just get from you know, a bottom 10 team defensively to, to middle of the pack, they can have a much more successful year. Um, I think they, they, they scrape in the playoffs just based on their scoring. They can get buckets. They can shoot you out of the gym on any given night. But as far as making any noise in the playoffs or actually having a performance where they can get the second or third round, I don't, I don't think they will. Um, I think they'll be lucky to get into a play, playing game this season. And that's kind of their max for me. What do you got? Folks, if there wasn't a 10, if there, were, if there wasn't a play in, I would say they're out. I don't think they're going to finish in the top eight. Um, possibility of missing. I don't, I don't think they upgraded. I think they're the same old story. Like, you know, Willard and McCollum are going to score. You know, Norman Powell is a good player. Uh, but they just don't have enough. You know, the, this team has played the same way year in and year out. They, they're an offensive team with a small backcourt. They're a very talented backcourt, but small. And they don't play defense. And it's not – even if they're locked in, they don't really have stoppers defensively. It's – you know, you could be as locked in as you want, have every defensive coverage in the world. You could – you know, you could watch the – you know, you could watch any of the top defensive teams to try to emulate what they do. They just don't have it. They're going to need to make that trade. You know, that, that's – if they can do that CJ for Ben, it's not a perfect trade. But the, Ben at least brings a different type of – type of player, a player that could stop people, a player that could play defense. You've got enough offense with Willard and Powell, you know, sh- you know, you got decent shooting. Covington's could shoot it just a little bit. You got Tony Snell coming off the bench, but they're going to need to make a move or this, you know, I just don't see this team really doing much. You know, you got a rookie coach. Um, it's not like you're a rookie coach taking over. It's not a Steve Kerr rookie coach. It's not a Steve Nash rookie coach deal where you have all these horses that you could just roll in the playoffs and then you just got to figure out on the fly, but you have enough talent to really, you know, to not really worry about a lot of the development in your coaching. You could, you, you could sort of learn as you go and you'll have success regardless. Um, this is a team that you have to grind out. You know, Terry Stoss is one of the better coaches in the league and, you know, and they struggle to get by. Um, I don't see this really being much different. I, I probably see them as a nine or a ten seed. Um, I don't see them getting into the top eight after the. You know, I don't think they'll get out of the play-in. And um, yeah, they're going to have to make a trade. I think I, I could see some major changes coming this way in the next, you know, six to twelve months. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And watch that space because you can only you can only uh, beat a dead horse so much, and, and that, that roster has been kind of. The same nucleus for a number of years. It just hasn't got it done. Unfortunately, a lot of that was against the Golden State Warriors, which is just the unfortunate reality what they had to deal with when they were at their strongest. They, they ran into us a few times and we bounced them out and they were a pretty good team then. So who knows what would have been if the Warriors went in their way. The next team, Minnesota, I've got them bounced. Towns, the question I have is, is Towns going to have to eventually give up the keys to Edwards? It's looking that way. Edwards Edwards is looking like he's going to be the guy there. Um, it's just a matter of when and you factor in the, 
that that he's a perimeter player. We know how that struggle usually goes when it's perimeter versus big. It usually slides with a perimeter because you're getting the ball more and, and you're you're accessible to the ball more on the perimeter. But yeah, I just I think that one gripe that you hate about whose team is it could could play its part here. Edwards definitely not a shy guy. Likes to speak out. He's confident. Um, but Towns obviously knows you know this is my team right now. Blah blah blah. So that'll be interesting to see how that shakes out. They got some more toughness with Beverly. Uh, a few little tweaks to their roster, but I just don't think they have enough yet. They, they, Towns hasn't proven to me that he's a winner. Edwards has some fire to him. Might win him some games, but I think they're at the end of all this, um, they'll be they'll be playoff bounce pro. Yeah, I like them. I, I think they're making some. I think they're making some headway. I do. I think they have a lot of talent, young talent, and, and unproven. You know, they've got Kyle. You know, Towns. They've got. I'm not a huge Russell fan, but he does put up numbers, and he is an extra guy you have to worry about on the court if you're facing them. I think Anthony Edwards is a star on that team. I think he's going to be an All Star. You know, at some point of his career, and you know, he's got a lot of talent. I, like just like you said with the whole my team thing, I think if they stop fighting that and, and not even worry about it and just go out and play right now, you could rely on Towns probably more. You can rely on Edwards probably want like you know right now. You know Edwards will probably show you flashes of brilliance and then sort of have those nights where he's going to be in the tank. I mean it's his second year, but I think that they have a lot of good talent. You know with those three guys plus you have like a Koji and you've got Malik Beasley and you got Torian Prince. You know, Vanderbilt and Nas Reed has, have done well in their development program. I could see them sneaking into a 10. I could even maybe even see them, you know, maybe getting Portland out of that 10 spot. So it's a tough one for me. Um, I'd probably, I'd probably say out, you know, just because I, they may not have enough, but it wouldn't surprise me if they were in, but I will say they're, they're bounced, but I do like what they're doing. I do like their young talent. Um, I don't know if they're going to make any moves and get Russell or Towns out of town. But, I mean, if you just keep this core together, add a couple more pieces, they've they've proven that they could develop some young guys that, you know, you didn't expect much out of. So I could see these guys make it a little bit of a push for 10, but probably going to get beat out late in the year. But, um, yeah, I, I sort of like – at least they got some life. You know, they haven't had life in this organization for a while. Yeah, and they probably just need some stability too. So I like your point about trying to keep the group together for more than a season because they just they they just don't seem to keep rosters together. They're always making some some tweaks and splashes and this and that, Jimmy Butler deal, all that kind of stuff. So maybe they keep it together for a year or two, and then and then it just the nucleus forms naturally. Next one, OKC, uh, obviously bounced. Um, this is uh, Josh Giddy and. You know, Gilgis Alexander development season again. I think um, SGA has a chance to be an all-star. Um, I think he might just miss out on that because they're going to suck. They're not going to win many games. Josh Giddy will obviously get thrown to the fire and play a, a huge amount of minutes, which is great for him individually. I don't think they win more than 20, maybe 25 games pro if they're lucky. Um, I think they'll be in the 20s. They have a lot of assets. Um, they have a lot of picks, you know, OKC. We, we know they love to stockpile draft picks and they do a lot of things and, you know, think outside the grain. They make a lot of chess moves long term. So my question would be is, you know, knowing they're going to be bad this season, do they just run the course bad, develop, um, or do they make a move hedging towards the off season where they can bring in a star because they've got the um, – you know, the assets to do so, or are they just going to go straight build with this young core and, and draft right and build that way? What do you think? I think they're bounced um, to, you know, to obviously. And, and to answer your question, I think that they're not thinking of like that yet. I don't think they're thinking about acquiring a star. Even if they could, they're really not in a position to sustain it, you know, to sustain 
anything right now. They've got all these young guys that are trying to really figure out, you know, they gotta they gotta develop Giddy, they gotta develop, you know, um Pokusevsky or Pokusevsky. I'll call him AP, the, the foreman, you know, that's very inconsistent for them. Obviously, you got SGA doing his thing and trying to develop, and he's I think he'll be a borderline all-star player. So for them, I think they're just trying to, you know. I think they'd want to, in the next two years, probably try to get as high a pick as they can. Um, I don't think that those teams are going to bottom out the other, the other guys that they've got pick swaps and things with. Maybe Houston. I'm not sure their situation with their pick. Um, and the Clippers, obviously, they own those a lot of those picks. Um, so, you know, finish bad. You know, play these guys hard. They're going to get beat. You know, try to get in the top three pick-wise. You know, see what happens with those Clipper and Houston Rockets picks that you have. And then just probably for the next couple of years. Again, even if you develop, even if you got a superstar and used your picks, why would you do it? You got low salary. You know, SGA makes a lot, but most of the other guys in the roster really don't, don't make much money. So they could just sort of milk this as much as they can. And then try to get as many assets drafted in the next couple of years, and then you add on your salary. You gotta then you'll have you know then you have to extend a couple of these rookies and you know and move forward. Similar to what they did when they were drafted in 07 and you know 07, 08 and trying to develop their team with Westbrook and Durant and those guys and Jeff Green. I think that they're gonna take their time. They're gonna they're not gonna move the needle salary wise, and then they'll make a big splash probably in the next couple of years as far as acquiring free agents and trades and things like that, as well as the young players that they develop. So yeah, they're gonna be probably bottom three team wise, record wise, in my opinion, and they're gonna try to challenge for that number one pick. Yeah, I agree. I think they'll they'll stay put the next the next season. It's just gonna be an ugly one for them, not gonna win much games, and they will um continue to retool young. The Golden State Warriors, obviously playoff bound. I think they've retooled pretty well. Poole has been a dramatic improver, which a lot of people didn't see to this extent. With a loss of clay, I think his improvement is going to be massive for them. I think they're capable of going deep. I think they really have a top four chance for this roster, um, staying healthy, even without clay. Um, and then clay obviously getting healthier post the new year. The Bielitzer, um acquisition I think was great. It brings a, a fireman that can handle the ball uh, but can also shoot the three. So you put him next to Draymond. The floor's not as congested if you've got a, a natural um, five that can't shoot threes next to Draymond. So I think that's a no-brainer. The Iguodala acquisition I think is good. Just knows the guys, fits in so well, not going to cause any problems. A lot comes down to the Wiseman development, seeing where, where his injury is first and foremost, and then just the development of, of, of where and how they play him in that system um, will be interesting because they, they like to go Draymond Green at the five. Yelitz has obviously played himself into some minutes now at the five with the way he shoots the three ball and passes the ball. They have a lot of different lineups they can go to, and I think that's when they're, they're the most dangerous, when they can go they can go kind of bigger, they can go smaller, they can go a shooting lineup. Um, so I like the versatility of their roster. Um, you factor all that in with Clay being healthy post New Year. I think they're a top four team, bro. What do you think? Yeah, I think they're going to compete for the four and five. I think that them in Dallas, even though Dallas, you know, obviously early on haven't played well, they haven't played great, um, you know, in the last game and, and what have you. But I, I think that they're going to battle Dallas for four or five. And you'll probably see that matchup at the four or five spot in the playoffs. I like what they have, obviously, with Steph and Clay coming back and Draymond. And, you know, Wiggins can give you 16 to 19 a night, even though he's not the most consistent player. Otto Porter, I like. Jordan Poole's gotten better. I think Moses Moody, second half of the season, you're probably going to see a, few, a little bit of consistency in him. He's obviously just a rookie. I don't know what Kaminga's going to do yet, but. 
you know, you know, Wiseman, you know, I think he'll make a, you know, a splash if he could play some minutes and develop and stay healthy. And obviously, Will Belitsa, uh doing well. I, I like this team. Obviously, they just, you know, they they still got to get used to each other with Poole playing big of minutes, and you know, and Wiseman's got to get healthy. What's going on with Wiseman anyway? I forgot. Dude, wasn't it something with his uh, knee or quad or something like that? I'm, I'm not 100 positive to be honest with you. I thought it was something with his leg. I think so. I don't know how. Yeah, I don't think I don't know how long it's going to be out for. But hey, look, you got Steph. You got you got that whole deal going. And and when Clay comes back, it's probably going to be a little rusty when it comes back. You know, so you probably won't see them until mid February, really, or early March, really start to click. In my opinion, um, just to get him going and get get his legs under him and. I, I, like I said, I think they'll challenge four or five, and you know they could they could probably make a, a little bit of a splash in the playoffs at least maybe win a round. I think that Dallas you know Golden State series will be very interesting if they do match up. So we'll see, but I definitely think they're playoff bound, and um, I think some of their younger players like Poole's going to you know have his he's going to have his ups and downs, and Moody's probably going to be inconsistent for a little bit. I don't know if Kaminga would, would would crack the rotation as of yet, but who knows? And then you got guys like Iggy Dollar and Porter uh, Porter Jr. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Like I said, I think that it'll it'll be a it'll be an interesting year for them, and I think they have a chance to, like I said, have home court in the playoffs or at least be that four or five. Wiseman tore meniscus in April, had surgery to repair it. He's rumored to be back on the training floor this week this friday um at full speed so you'd assume probably two weeks to a month of full training before he's actually playing a game so they'll probably see him you know hopefully before christmas sometime they say so that'll be interesting to see where he fits in with all that whether they ease him back slowly but um I'm, i think you know i have some bias because obviously i know the guys there but i think they're gonna have a very good year in golden state i think they're just they're just it just there seems to be a, a, a bit of calm around Draymond and the, and the group and, and and it just seems like they're, they're they're kind of accelerating towards having a good season so watch that space the la clippers playoff bound obviously Kawhi is the elephant in the room health wise now um he's due he's a year in what is it april he, he did an april may didn't he playoffs so yeah yeah, he'd be, but it wasn't. They, they said it wasn't a full tear. So who knows? You know, these these things, ACLs can sometimes take longer when they're not a full tear than they can when they're a full tear, believe it or not. But um, who knows if he'll be back? That's a big question mark. I mean, Reggie Jackson is probably their genuine number two threat right now, um, scoring wise. He, I think he had a great playoffs for him. Um, but he's going to be their number two guy after Paul George, in my opinion. And they do have Leslie on the lineup. They're better defensively, but I think they're worse offensively. I just don't think they have enough shooting around Paul George right now. Um, with Bleslow in the lineup for big minutes. As man continue his development, he had a great playoffs. He hasn't started the season fantastically, but he's, he's surging upwards, albeit slowly. He he needs to have a really good year for them to continue to be better. But they, they all come down to health, in my opinion. If they're, if they're a healthy team, um, they'll have a chance to be in the mix somewhere in the middle of the playoffs. They're bound. But you know, if Kawhi can somehow you know, perform a miracle with his knee and get back towards the end of the season. They have a chance to make a bit more noise in the playoffs. But yeah, I see them as a, a playoff bound team, probably second round, roughly around there again and, and out pro. Yeah, it'll be interesting. It, obviously, see what happens with Kawhi. I like this team because they've been together a little bit, you know, through last year. You know, Bledsoe's obviously new, but, you know, I like their toughness, you know, you know with, with I like that Jackson Bledsoe lineup. You know, Bledsoe doesn't really provide you shooting, but he could defend. He, he could, he's good in transition to get straight line drive you. Um, I like Marcus Morris. I don't know if they may, you know, it'll be interesting how their offense works, but 
I like them. They're solid. I love Zubac. You know, then you got, you know, then you got Terrence Mann and Batum. I don't know what's going on with Obaka. I don't know if it's still his back from last year or whatever. And then, you know, guys like Kennard and, you know, Kennard could help you. Winslow could help you a little bit. Um, obviously, they, they got no chance, you know, trying to get into multiple rounds if they don't have Kawhi in. And to, I, I'm not a doctor, so I don't know. But, you know, I don't know, know if you want to be rushing him back if he's going to be there at the later of the year. Might as well just, you know, call it a year. Everybody's safe, you know. In the NBA, it's all about keeping your job and keeping that check coming every two weeks. I mean, obviously, you got to get a pass from general manager to coach as far as not having Kawhi and going deep in the playoffs. I don't expect them to win a round because I don't think they're going to get home court advantage in that first round. So I think they, they're probably one and out. You know, if Kawhi does come back, you're probably looking at a late year comeback. So, you know, who knows? Now, again, I'm not a fucking doctor, so I'm not going to try to guess. But I don't think this team's good enough. They're good. They'll probably get like, they'll probably be five, six, seven. You know, um, I don't think they'll be playing. I think they'll be a little bit above that. Um, they'll probably be five or six, but... Uh, I don't see them advancing without Kawhi in there and, you know, Kawhi for an extended period of time, you know, trying to play. So, um, yeah, they're a good team. But without Kawhi, I think it'll be a problem. Yeah, one of the best players in the NBA. You lose him, any team's going to struggle. The LA Lakers, their neighbors, playoff bound. I think they're going to be a junkie playoff bound team, bro. I don't think they're going to be as good as people think. Obviously, we've got the, you know, the body of work we've seen the last two games with all the issues already. But, the roster just doesn't seem to fit well for me. You bring in Russell Westbrook, who's he, you know a guy that's had an all-time high usage on most teams that he's been on the last, what, five, six, seven, eight years. Then you've got LeBron, who wants the ball in his hands to play make. Then you've got Anthony Davis. It just does not seem to fit for me. I mean, they have a lot of veterans that you can say, well, they need to buy in. They need to play their role for the betterment of the team. But, I mean, Westbrook's most useful is with the ball in his hands, getting triple doubles up and down the court. I don't think you're going to see that with LeBron also wanting to be a similar impact player, right? So that's interesting. I mean, their age, I think what hurts them about them, about the age is I don't think they have enough of that youthful energy that will play hard every night. You know, where talking about the Clippers, they've got a couple of young guys that will still come in and, and battle no matter what or, or whoever it is, even even Golden State Warriors with the pool and, and a few other guys. They've got guys that will come in and battle for their minutes, right? The Lakers kind of have – a bunch of veterans that are established, they know their role and they're just going to play their role and they're not going to give you much above their role, in my opinion. So I think some of that youth- youthfulness is going to be a hindrance to them. I think they, they could have really valued two or three of those young, energetic, chirpy guys on the court. Um, I don't know how you see it, but look, I think they're going to be – they'll still be there somewhere, um, second round, I think, but you know, it just doesn't look like a roster that fits well unless they make some changes, you know, going into into the trade deadline, pro. Yeah, I don't think they really have many assets to move to really make those changes, to be honest, folks. I think what they really need to do offensively, obviously, it's a little clunky. It's only two games in. I'm not really worried about, you know, their, their first two, although some of the things, there are some red flags, like defensively is the biggest thing. Like LeBron and AD have to step up more defensively. Like, you know, you know, LeBron's getting cut on. There's a lot of mental mistakes. Look, he's one of the smartest players ever to play the game. So, you know, it's probably just more of a, like, early season thing and not really picking it up until later in the year. Anthony Davis, AD's got to play harder defensively. He's got to be more in tune defensively. It seemed like, you know, not that he's given up defensively and not playing, but it's mostly just he's not, you know, he showed some flashes last night early in the Phoenix game about, you know, stepping up on pick and rolls, trying to really be a rim protector, not just – but then there's a lot of mental – lapses and not and just 
again, it's early season, so maybe they're just on they're you know they're on the honeymoon sort of deal, but they gotta really step up defensively. They don't have those like great defenders on ball, but off ball stuff, they gotta really they really gotta start being in tune what they're doing on pick and roll coverages and off the ball and you know getting lobbed on and dunked on and straight line drives and cut. You know, so defensively they really gotta lock in and say, you know what? We are a good team. We, we got a lot of talent. We got talent, obviously, in our top three, but we got to really buckle down defensively and, and really be on the same page, you know, and, and that whole fight on a, on a scuffle on the sideline, whatever you want to call it. I mean, obviously, people are going to overplay that. You know, that stuff happens. Problem is, it usually happens in practice or it happens when the cameras don't see it. So, you know, I'm not really worried about that. But yeah, I, don't, I don't see. I don't see that as a big deal at all. I mean, um, nah, it is, it is no. what it is. But what I see a big deal is you have Westbrook out there who's not a three point shooter. They always have either DeAndre or Dwight in there who's not a three point shooter. LeBron likes to have spacing. Well, you've lost a lot of spacing right there. You know, so I just don't know how they can play some of those guys together. I, I think they need. They need to. There's need more shooting out there, and, and Westbrook's not a three point shooter. So every given possession, you've got DeAndre or Dwight's guy sitting in the paint. And then you've got Westbrook's essentially clogging the paint. I don't know how much longer LeBron um, is okay with that. Until they have to, you know, can they can they make changes? I mean, they can't bench Westbrook. They might need to go smaller in the in the other aspect and start a shooting five man, you know. But um, it's just a clunky, clunky fit, bro. I just don't see that they have enough enough shooting to. Yeah, I yeah. DeAndre is probably going to be the guy, in my opinion, probably to take a back seat. You know, Dwight they probably like coming off the bench to rebound and things. And play, you know, play AD at more of a like a shooting five. He hates they can't five. Have, they, AD hates the five because he doesn't like wrestling because he gets hurt. So it's noted. People no know, doubt. Yeah. So they're they're into. That's what I mean. That's why they. That's why they signed uh, DeAndre and Dwight. People question why you didn't need two of the same kind of players is because AD does not like playing the five. It's well noted. So I think for them to succeed, he needs to be the five. You can put Mallow at the four, and then you can play Russ with LeBron and maybe another three point shooter. But um, yeah, it's just it's just interesting to watch from afar. Yeah, and then the ISO and like offensively, there's ISO, 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 ISO. Why don't they take a page out of Golden State's book? Run split action, cutting, moving. I know they're older. Don't get me wrong. No, no doubt about it. But you got to have some movement. You just can't throw it in a, you know, AD on the left block and let him operate. You can't have LeBron just back you down from the three point line and shoot fadeaways all day. You're not going to win that way. You're not going to win big playoff games that way. They're not that good to do that. You know, their team's just not that good to do it. They got to move the ball. They got to put two on the ball constantly and they got to kick and they got to swing and get open shots. They're not a good shooting team. Like you said, they're going to be, you know, teams are going to, you know, teams could just, you know, don't have to like, you know, close out all the way to you just because they don't have that shooting. So LeBron is, you know, LeBron's going to be facing, you know, contested shots most of most of his shots. And same thing with AD, you know, they're not helping off of some of these guys. And even if they do, you know, you're not going to be able to punish them for open shooters. So, and then if you take a Bazemore out of the lineup or you take an Ellington out of the lineup, that's, you know, like, like Ellington, that's another shooter. Bazemore has never really been a great shooter. I mean, he's been inconsistent. You know, Tucker Horton's not a shooter. Kendrick Nunn doesn't really have a high basketball IQ, but he can, he can shoot a little bit. Yeah. It's, and then they got Avery Bradley who could guard, but he's not really a shooter. So yeah. And then you got a Rizzo. Who knows? Young kid. What's his name? Is it Reeves? 
Reeves, is that his name? Reeves, the white kid. Yeah, they he's, call, he's what pretty, do they call him? The, he's probably their hardest the, playing guy. He's diving on loose balls in preseason, so he might fit that Delhi type role that LeBron always has one of those guys, Delhi Caruso, one of those hustle guys that'll just want to, he might find some minutes with all this, but it seemed like your dog agreed with your Lakers take as well in the background there, pro. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was your dog this time, right? Wasn't your kid again? Yeah, that was the dog that wasn't the kid. I didn't put the kid in the kennel. <laughs> I need to put that dog, you know, I, I need to put that dog in the fucking trading and, de- trade and block. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Get that fucking dog out of my house i apologize for it no 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 no. i think he was just disappointed with with the lakers take but moving on phoenix suns playoff bound obviously runners up last season they'll be in the mix for the top four in my opinion obviously that's pretty obvious but i don't know if they repeat last year last season's run um they've they've upgraded a little bit they got they got shamit and mcgee it's just going to be a lot of cp3 and 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 devin booker again for them to have a chance and you're relying on a on an ever-aging cp3 which is playing very very well don't get me wrong hell of a player and booker obviously but i I don't know I i don't if i call if i have to call it right now i don't think they're a finals team this season um i think they maybe go conference finals um, would be their deepest, but they're, they're still solid. Um, they're fun to watch. They're very, very team orientated. They play well together, but I just don't think they improved much on their roster to take that next step to get, you know, get a championship pro. You know, Bogues, like if Golden State had all their guys from day one, if, you know, Kawhi was playing, if the Lakers weren't a complete shit show, like I would say, yeah, for sure they won't be a finals team. I just think there are too many good teams. But I just don't see that team in the West right now that's that you're gonna say, oh, a thousand percent they're they're in. Especially you might you might even you might say one. You might you could name one. Like if you know if Utah's your team, if you know if Denver's your team, if, you know what have you. But there's not really two teams that you could say definite. They've got. They do play really well together. You don't know what's going to happen injury-wise. Um, you know, they've been together. They got a good coach. They've, you know, they've obviously, you know, had some success together. So I could see them getting into the finals. Um, I don't, I don't think they have enough if, if Brooklyn's full speed or Milwaukee's full speed. You know, you know, with their with their their team as far as injury is concerned. But um, I do like the way they play. They play together. They move the ball. Uh, they haven't played great so far, obviously, but you now it's it's so early in the year that they can get better. But um, yeah, I think they'll be in the top four. I don't know, I don't know what they're gonna do, obviously, but I I, I could see them in the top four competing for that f- conference finals at least, and we'll call it that and, and see what happens. But hey, look, you got you know you got Paul and Booker and Bridges is playing well, and you know Crowder's got a little bit more confidence, you know, from last year and. You got campaign talking shit to everybody that from fucking LeBron James, the guy that sells the nachos. Yeah. So you know he's pretty fun to watch. It'll be interesting. That bench is good. We'll see. We'll see if it can hold up. You know, we'll see if Nader and some of these other guys, you know, Shamit, yeah, Yeah, Sarich and and things like that. So it'll be an interesting interesting season for these guys. I could see them getting back to the finals. I don't think they can win it, but I th- I could definitely see them get to the finals. Yeah, I think they'll be solid. I just don't. Have, I'm just going to go against the grain and say they're not going to make the finals. They'll make the conference finals at best. All right, next next one, Sac- Sacramento Kings. Now I have them bounced. I think they could sneak a playing game, maybe. But to me, they're they're the Sacramento Kings of the last 10, 15 years. They're just in the middle of the park. 
Um, <laughs> don't know whether they're going to be a playoff team or a lottery team. They're kind of having that battle. They've got some youth and talent. They have some drama already with Bagley wanting out. His agent causing some some issues. Harrison Barnes started the season well. That's been a notable improvement by, by Harrison's standards. He's played very, very well these last couple of games. But yeah, I think they're middle of the park. I, I just don't see them making any noise. So they're one of the teams that could be fringe in, but I've got them as fringe out. Um, but they just they just haven't sold me enough on, on what they're trying to build there in Sacramento Pro. Yeah, I, I'm not... I think they can make a run for 10. I don't know if they're going to get there. You know, they're just not good enough. They're not, they don't have that experience yet. You know, they, they got some talented guys. You know, Harrison's putting up 30 and 12 and he's on both of my fantasy teams. So God bless you, brother. Keep that fucking pace up. But, um, I just don't see it. I, I see them probably faltering at the end of the year and, you know, probably, you know, probably falling at it a little bit. The whole Bagley thing's so fucking overblown. It's not even funny. The thing is now that everybody's going to take the Ben Simmons route, right? Everyone's going to, you know, complain in the media. They're going to try to start a shitstorm. You know, Marvin Bagley's a good player. He's a solid player. He's not – he's as good as like a Morris twin, you know, which is a good player. Like a, he could start on some teams, rotation player on, on most teams. But he's just – you know, he's, he doesn't do anything great. He's like 14 and 7. And, you know, you, you're yelling like this guy's fucking calm alone and you're not starting calm alone. You know, it's he's okay. He's a good player. But, you know, it is what it is. He's been inconsistent. He's been hurt. He's like a 14 and 6 guy, 14 and 7 guy. But he's just not one of those guys, you know. I like Fox. Fox is really good. He's Sometimes he teases you because he looks really good one night. One, you know, obviously he's a young kid. He's, you know, but... I just don't see it. Like, Halliburton, everybody's crazy about it. I think he's an okay, a good player. I don't think – again, I don't think he does anything great. Um, Harrison Barnes is solid. He's always going to be that guy who can give you 20 and 7. You know, he, you know, obviously he's a pro's pro. And then Rashawn Holmes is very – you know, Rashawn Holmes can give you like 10, 12 and 10 or whatever. He's active big. You know, and then you got Buddy Hill coming off the bench. They just don't have enough. They don't have that – they don't really have a real like true number one you know, proven number one yet. You know, they've got a bunch of guys that are good, but they don't have that proven superstar. They've got good players, but, you know, they just, they, they, they haven't had any body of work to tell you, yeah, they're definitely going to be a playoff team. They'll make a push for 10. Maybe they'll get in. Maybe they won't. I just don't, I don't see anything that will tell me otherwise that I could to- totally trust these guys for 82 games. Yeah, I'm just saying, I think they'll be, they'll have it, they'll be, Potentially have an eight-game win streak and then have an eight-game losing streak. Like they got that kind of team that can just be so hot and cold, and that's what we've seen the last you know ten odd years in Sacramento. So I think that'll continue the same. Unfortunately for for Sacramento fans. All right, Dallas, they're playoff bound. Obviously, I think it's all on Luca, as we know, and I think it's even more all on Luca. I think they're watching their last couple of games. Um, it is early in the season. They have got a new head coach. It's still kind of the offense. Still, we don't know what they are. Uh, a lot of ISO. They kind of they kind of sleepwalk through a lot of things early, and then it all falls on Luca getting their bucket. And they came back in today's game. They were down pretty big against Toronto. They came back and won off Luca's bat, basically. And Tim Hardaway Jr. had some big shots. But for me, Kristaps Porzingis still he still coasts a fair bit. I think um, he's getting more touches now. He's getting those eighteen foot post ups. I think Jason Kidd had that little powwow in Latvia with him, and they, they hugged it out and figured out that we'll, we'll get you some more touches on the block and keep you happy. But he just seems like he coasts a fair bit, and um, he he's he was a very very talented defensive player in New York. Just his length and athleticism caused a lot of problems. We've seen spurts of it in Dallas, but it just seems like it's all determined on touches offensively. If he's feeling himself offensively, he's getting touches, he's making shots. He's a 
a really good defender and he's engaged. When he's not getting those touches and not involved offensively, it seems like he doesn't give a shit defensively. That's kind of the take that I've, I've noticed watching him in Dallas the last couple of seasons. Pressure's on Jay Kidd a little bit, in my opinion. Most people think this is a, probably a second round at minimum team on the roster they've got now. Luca's got another year. Chris Tapps is off the reservation and brought in a little bit more because Carlisle's gone. I made a few little tweaks. I think Reggie Bullock's a good 3 and D guy for him. I like his game. I think he fits in perfectly for what Luka Doncic and, and that team is because he he doesn't need the ball. He's a knockdown three-point shooter and he'll guard their best player if he needs be, so he fits in well next to Hardaway Jr. But yeah, I think it's the pressure's starting to build a little bit on Dallas. I think they need to get to that second round at minimum. Will they? Um, they haven't been out of the first round in a number of years, as we know, uh, under Rick Carlisle. So it'll be interesting to see your, you know what your thoughts are as, as deep as they go and what we need to watch out for, bro. Yeah, it's, it's funny how people react to this stuff. Like, you know, you read the media – after the first game, they want to fire Jay Kidd. You know, it's funny. Jay Kidd's the savior before the the tip of the game one, right? Jay Kidd's the savior. Chris Stapps is, you know, you know, he's he's back to old Chris Stapps, dominating all this stuff. I I never use the word unicorn. I, I hate that fucking term, so I'll never say it in a regular sentence. So, but they they were saying, oh, he's great, great. Now after the first game. Oh, same old Chris Stapps, fire Jay Kidd. He's a joke. I mean, it's just funny, like how people over, you know, overreact to that. I think Porzingis is going to be fine. I think he probably still doesn't trust it, you know, because of what happened there in the last couple of years with him, you know, in his is sort of how they used him. And you know how the NBA is. Everybody like in the beginning of the year, oh, you know, it's going to be different. It's going to be different, and then it ends up being the same. So I think he's probably just waiting this out a little bit just to make sure that he's still going to be an intricate part of the team. Look, that first game with Atlanta, they got blown out, but look, they were on the road. I'm not making excuses, but they were on the road. Atlanta played very well. Collins killed them. You know, you know, Trey Young didn't really have a great game, but then he, he heated up. Capella killed them on the boards. You know, they were just lob and lob after lob after lob and. Um, it just was a tough night for him. You know, they didn't make shots. Um, everybody was killing them for taking mid-range shots. I don't give a fuck. They, they took decent shots. They had good looks. They got chased off the line. They just couldn't make shots. Dorian Finney-Smith didn't shoot it well. Hardaway got fucked up a little bit in the game, you know, got stitches or whatever, you know, and, and he, he didn't have a great game. You know, Chris Daffs didn't ever – no one really had a great game for Dallas. I think the best player on the floor was Jalen Brunson. But you're not going to have that every night. I think Porzingis will be fine. I think you got to continue to post him. you got to continue to play him out of the high post, let him face up and be a threat, let him pick and pop. He's not a great shooter. Everybody continues to wait for him to be Dirk Nowitzki. He's been an inconsistent shooter his whole career. He's, he's shown – you know, he's – He's shown flashes of being a decent shooter, but he's not really this, this Dirk Nowinski type player. He's his own type. He can drive it. He's got, you know, he's got some energy coming, you know, you know, putting the ball on the floor and getting to the rim. He could, you know, pick and roll. He could run to the rim and transition. He could do some different things. Not a good passer. You know, he's a good defensive player. I agree with you. I think, and you know how this is in the NBA, like, you morph sometimes into thinking that your offense should dictate your defense, where they're two totally different things. Look, you got to make a difference on the defensive side with your length and your ability to protect the rim and and do some things. And then offensively, you got to try to be the best you can. Some nights your defense is going to suck and your offense is going to get you through the night. And then vice versa, when your shots not falling, you got to find other ways to to do things. I think that's the problem with Porzingis the last couple of years of how he uses in, in in Dallas. Like they just put him. At 
at the three-point line. They stopped posting him up. And if he wasn't hitting threes, he couldn't do anything else. Now, if you put him at the high post, he could roll him to the rim. You could face him up and drive him. You can, you know, face up and shoot. He can do some different things. He's not the, he's not Dirk Nowitzki where you could just throw it down to him on the block and he could back you in, back you in, back you in and make a play. He needs to face you up. He needs to be on the move. And then obviously the health thing. I think they're a good team, folks, because they've been together. Their core of their team has been together for a long time. You know, guys like, you know, Hardaway, Finney Smith, you know, Dwight Powell, Brunson, you know, Kleber. Those guys have all been together for a while. They don't really need the ball in their hand. Besides, Hardaway needs the ball a little bit. But all these guys that are like unselfish guys, they know how to play together. They know that Dantich and Porzingis are the show and that those guys are trying to fill in spots. I think they could win around, uh, you know, even though they, 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 were, they were bad the first night, they played better. They won on the road tonight in Toronto. You know, they'll be okay. I think they'll be like a four, they're battling for that four or five seed. I think they could win around because I, I just, I believe in Doncic, obviously, and I believe in their secondary players the most. And, you know, we'll see what happens. But yeah, I think there's a little pressure on Jake Kidd because obviously, you know, he's, re- he's replacing Carlisle and there's a lot of, you know, there's been a lot of pressure on him to win. I don't know. We'll see. I think he'll be okay. I'm not, I don't know the guy, but, you know, I think he's got enough talent to win. It's not like he needs to grind out games coaching. This, this team's got some talent. They just got to make shots, you know, with Bullock and, you know, Kleber, Bullock, you know, Finney Smith. Those guys got to bail these guys out. You know, the one thing I will notice under Kid is you, you notice that guys aren't really – they're not like robots out there. They're not really – they're not sort of – they're not not shooting, like not afraid to shoot. Like Powell's not afraid to shoot threes. Dorian Finney-Smith's not afraid to shoot threes. Kleber's not afraid. Like <clears throat> they play a little bit more free offensively, I think, under Kid. you know, for one reason or another. And maybe it's just experience. Maybe it's another year. But it just seems like these guys are a little bit free. I think they're going to play well in spurts this year, and I think they'll they'll challenge for the second round. Yeah, that's about where I've got them, so we'll see. Memphis, trending upward. I think they're playoff bound, um, whether it's a play-in or playoffs. I think they'll be in the top 10. Yeah, they're definitely getting better. Morant, he's continuing to grow. Um, just athleticism and, and, and the way he plays a game, I think he's just naturally going to get better and better. The Stephen Adams thing, I mean, does he fit? Who knows um, where, that, where that all lies. I mean, there are some bigs in the West where he'll need to play minutes, but I'm, I'm still not sure about that fit completely. Dylan Brooks, does he continue his good playoff run into this season? I think that's the other one that a lot of people didn't expect him to have the playoffs that he had. He played very, very well against... Um, it's the Utah Jazz, even though they got bounced in that first round. They actually pushed the Utah Jazz in a few of those games too, which was fun to watch as a essentially one of the last seeds from the plane. But they um, they did really well, and I'm, I'm excited to see how they grow because I think they'll be they'll be a pretty competitive team. Um, Jackson's a good player as well, so they have a decent roster to, to make some noise. I think they'll be playoff bound. Um, they'll be towards the bottom. You know the bottom half of the West, um, but they'll be in there somewhere, bro. I like the way they are. I like their team. I do like the Adams pickup. Just, I mean, you sort of trade in, like rearranging the deck chairs of the Titanic with him and Valachunas. Like, you know, you could have one or the other, but they're both going to rebound. They're both really not great scorers, but they're going to rebound. They're going to be tough. They're going to protect John Morant. Sort of that, you know, Bill Lambert type player that, that's going to protect your guy. They got shooters, you know. I like Brooks. I like Bain. They're, they're solid players. 
Um, I'll be interested to see like uh, John Morant's a superstar. He's going to be, you know, he's going to be a player that could be a perennial all-star hall of fame type player. If he stays healthy, I think he could be really good. And, you know, the question is like, how good is Jaron Jackson? We really didn't see him last year because he was hurt. That's going to be a big part of if they could sort of make a, you know, make a challenge in the playoffs to get out of the first round. Maybe that, you know, maybe they are a player. They're probably going to be a play-in team with nine or 10 and then, or, you know, eight, nine or 10. And see if they could like get into the top eight. Uh, I like the group. I think they're young. I think they fight. Their bench is okay. I like Kyle Anderson. I like Tyus Jones. Like you know, Xavier Tillman's played decent at times. But they're gonna probably go as far as like Jaron Jackson's gonna take them because they need that second guy. I mean, Brooks could score. He could shoot. Uh, he's not like an ISO type guy. I don't know the type of player Jackson is yet. You know, he had a good rookie year. So, you know, obviously, I just haven't really seen him do much more, obviously, because of the injuries and things. So it'll be interesting to see where they go. They're an exciting team. I like watching them. They're good in pick and roll. Um, they got good role players. They got decent shooting. It'll be interesting. I, I think they're playoff bound. I can't really see if them getting out of a round, uh, possibly getting into the top eight, but Probably besides that, I can't see him going past that. Yeah, I'd agree. I'd agree. They'll be in there somewhere, but they, they're not going to dominate. But they'll, I think, they'll continue to grow and get better. The New Orleans Pelicans, I've got them bounced. I think the um, the Zion health issue. Um, we we actually broke early that he was heavily overweight. That's made the news over the last week. We spoke about that weeks ago. I got a friendly tip that he was over three hundred pounds, um, and someone said way over to me um <laughs> he's potentially way over 300 pounds so that's a huge issue for them he's, he's their franchise guy and they're somewhat stuck whether they build around him or does he does he walk away in a couple of years whether he's you know signs that supermax and just leaves i just don't like their roster i think their roster is a strange one it, it doesn't fit that well new coach i think they're half rebuild with zion one foot in one foot out of the door i will say this if ingram continues to grow and becomes an all-star they have a chance to make the playoffs. So if he if he if he comes one of those all star players, they might have a chance to to scrape in for one of those playing spots. But as of today, I have them playoff bounce. That is that is. I just don't think they have enough on that roster that fits in well with each other. And they got a new head coach and all that kind of stuff. And, and a Zion thing, like I said, I mean it's you know it's, it's going to become a distraction eventually. And you know, obviously carrying that kind of weight coming back from an injury even if he does come back healthy there's every chance in the world he gets hurt again by carrying you know 20 30 extra pounds with how explosive he is already he's probably not the smartest thing to do bro they're definitely going to be balanced in my opinion i don't see any upside with this team at all you know zion for as much of a talent as he is like how much does he really love basketball you know being a professional so far now he's so early in his, his career obviously he's gonna you know he should be better and at some point something's gonna click and say you know what i can't i can't allow myself to be 300 pounds yeah like he doesn't want to be there that's obvious that whole shit show what's going on there and then he doesn't want to be there he, has, he hasn't want to be there since his rookie year you know he hasn't liked it um that's been obvious and you know his weight fluctuation his injury issues um, he's not really a skilled basketball player, although he's the most productive non-skilled player that I've ever seen. You know, he doesn't shoot it. He handles it okay. He's not really a passer, but I don't think you should really try to build around him. Now, he'd be the, like, look, they've got all the cards right now, you know, in the short term. No player has ever said no to a, a max extension out of a rookie deal. Now, players have forced their way out of town before their extension came up like Porzingis. So, you know, like he's one of the only guys rookie-wise that was sort of at that level where he's going to get a max contract that 
didn't sign a max extension with their team, the original draft team. So he can do that. He can try to um, force his way out. The problem is he's still under his rookie scale contract. So if you're trying to get major assets coming back, it's going to be really tough to do that, you know, without him having really a heavy salary, because then you have to put multiple players out the door and then you got to have salaries match up and things like that. And, and depending on what you're trying to bring back, I think it's just a tough situation. They don't have a lot of talent on the team. I like Ingram. I think Ingram's, uh, I don't really have the list in front of me, but I got to see he's at least a borderline all-star player, top 35 player in the league. He's a very good player. Valachunas is a very good enforcer, rebounder, you know, good pro, tough guy. Devontae Graham's just okay. You know, uh, Alexander Walker, just okay. They don't really have anything that they could really, you know, say, yeah, these guys are real. You know, these guys are it for us. So, yeah, it'll be interesting. I, I just, I don't see this ending well. I think he'll either sign his extension and get out of there, you know, in year after year yeah, one. Yeah, that's what's going to happen. 100%. He's not turning that money down. Yeah. We've seen his story before. He's going to say, wants to be in New Orleans, happy to sign this deal. And within a year, he's going to be looking to go somewhere else. But he's got he's to step the fuck up too, this kid. You know, look, he's a young kid. I get it, but look, it's gonna be, it's gonna start being year seven for him, year eight for him, year nine for him. When's he gonna have a healthy year? When's he gonna actually be in shape all year? When's he gonna work on his shot to actually get that thing better? Look, as much as we want, you know, I wanted to be like critical on um, on Giannis as his shot. Everything else was fine. You know, he didn't shoot it well, but the guy's in great shape. He works his ass off, you know, charismatic. You know, he works. He plays great defense. He makes impact on both ends of the floor. And he couldn't really shoot. Now his shooting seems like it's stabilizing. This kid needs to really, like, when are you going to hang your hat on? Like, okay, all right, so if you're not a shooter and you're not really a, a ball handler, like they want to compare him to LeBron James, I have no idea how, how the fuck you'd ever want to compare him to LeBron James. You know, more like Jerome James with the weight, but not like LeBron James. <laughs> like he's got to hang his he's got to hang his hat on something. If you're not going to be a shooter and you're not going to be a skilled player, then be in fucking shape. Come in shape. You know, like forget about forget about like your your hatred towards the organization. Like be a pro. Like Kobe, he told me, look, when I wanted to be traded. Right. And I, you know, I definitely wanted, there was a time in my career I wanted out of LA. That's when that, um, that Chicago Bulls trade almost happened. It was within minutes of had days of happening. But he goes, Mike, I, you know what I did? Like, yeah, my, my hatred towards that situation at the time, I came in, I got my work in. I didn't let anything bother me. I got my work in. I had my routine in. Never, never like, you know, I, I was a pro to everybody. You know, like I, you know, I was a little grumpy, but I was a pro to everybody. And then if they traded me, they traded me. But I wasn't going to give anybody a reason to say, you know what, Kobe ain't bringing it every day. And that's what that guy needs to do because he hasn't done anything yet. You know, he hasn't shown that he could bring his team into the playoffs and win. He hasn't shown that he can be consistently healthy. He hasn't shown that he can be consistently in shape. He hasn't shot the ball. But yeah, he averages twenty plus, and you know, he's a he's a he's a beast without question. But he's got to at some point, you know what? Stop the excuses. The people around you, if it's family or agent or friends or whatever, you know, like don't don't listen anymore. Start getting in shape. Start taking this shit serious. And then look, if you if you've done everything, then you could say, you know what, I've done everything. What the fuck have you you guys done on the organizational side? Because like the organization hasn't done you many favors and you haven't done yourself many favors. So one has got to fucking grow the fuck up and be a pro out of this thing and start going and start doing your fucking job. I'm just tired of reading about it. Yeah, it goes both ways. And that's what we see 
yeah, there needs to be a mix of both ways. And, you know, it's, it's, you, the weight things are controllable. So you, you got to come in. You, one, one thing you do as an athlete is you try to come into training camp in shape. And that tells you if you're committed or not. And when guys come overweight, you know, it's not a good look. And Zion and I are fellow fat guys. So he doesn't like when you call him fat, but because if you're in shape, but he doesn't mind if I call him fat because. You know, I'm 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 one of his people. You're allowed to use the word because you're in the group, right? <laughs> exactly. The F word. Yeah. San Antonio Spurs. Now this one for some people might be controversial. I'm going playoff bound, bro. I'm going playoff bound. Let me tell you why. I think they, they get a playing game. I think the machine that is the Spurs will sneak in to a playoff play in game. I think they're gonna find ways to win games at home. And I think they have a young and energetic roster, which is something Pro hasn't, uh, something Pop hasn't had for a long, long time. Um, young, energetic. He can go to multiple lineups. They're not overly talented, but I think I just feel like they're going to steal some games at home, and that Spurs basketball is going to come into play at some point during the season where they, they they string off a few wins they shouldn't. And I think they'll be a playing team. Um, otherwise, you know, you're looking at Sacramento, you're looking at a few of those other teams we spoke about that we have missing out. I think the Spurs are going to now have a playing spot just by the grit of their teeth. Uh, what do you think? Bogues, I agree. I, I think that they've got pros in their team. They've got, you know, they've got winning players in their team. They've got like guys like McDermott, who's I think is a winning player because he does some good things. Like I, you know, Dejounte Murray and, and White. It's been a little bit up and down because of injuries and things, but like they've been through the system now. They've got Portal. Portal is good. Keldon Johnson is a very good young player who's been developing every year. He's probably one of the best young players. I know they want to top Murray and White there and Lonnie Walker. I think that Keldon Johnson is go- is going to be a very very good player. You know, and then guys like Thaddeus Young, a very underrated pickup. You know, I just think that they've got enough guys. And then let's not forget. They've got, you know, I've got the marketing deal at Lawndale. So I've got people at courtside that's going to have lawn mowers once he starts getting some minutes. And we're going <laughs> to fucking, you know, we're going to really push the marketing for that fucking asshole. But I, you know, I think, I think they, they're good. They got good, you know, they've got, they've got good players that could get, they could grind out a season. I don't think, like, I trust them to grind out a season more than I trust Sacramento to grind out a season. You know, when things, when push comes to shove, I think these guys could pull it together and, and win enough games to get them into that 9-10 spot, you know, and, and, and get into the play. And now what happens after that? Who the fuck knows? Talk to me at All-Star break. I'll give you a better assessment. But I think that going into it, I think that they got enough guys that can play they got enough guys that know how to do the things that they need to do to win, and I think they, I think they can get into the ten spot for sure. Yeah, they're, not gonna, they're not going to beat themselves. That's the thing. Like they're not overly talented. They're not overly, you know, whatever. But they're they're not going to beat themselves, and that's my exact reason why I've got them in. Is what exactly what you said. I have more faith in them maintaining consistency than a Sacramento or a Minnesota, in my opinion, because I just think you know the Spurs organization and the professionalism that they demand on a daily basis, I think that works itself out and they'll, they'll win enough games to be a playing team. Houston, lucky last, bounced. They're going to be very, very bad, bro. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Very, very bad. Yeah, they're going to be rough. They're in a full rebuild, obviously. Jalen Green, I like uh, from what I've seen so far. Small sample size, young, athletic, can kind of move about the court pretty elegantly at times. Obviously, Porter Jr. can, can go both ways. You know, he can be best guy on the court or he could throw a super at you so you got to be careful there and then you got Christian Wood's development has just continued to climb so they have some really good young pieces they have a lot of picks coming up they're similar to that OKC situation in my opinion where they got a lot of young assets they're in it for the long haul with a full rebuild but it will be ugly this season for him pro Folks, I'm checking out the Houston Rockets depth chart. They've got Jock Lawndale as their fifth center did he fucking get traded we didn't know about it 
Where'd you say that? I, I screenshot it. I'm going to send it to you. He, right, right, right now, I'm sorry, Wandale. You've been traded. Woj didn't even break this one. I'm going to break it before everybody. It, it at least says it on ESPN. They obviously fucked up. I just want to look at their depth chart so I'm not missing anybody. But they got Wandale uh, as uh, – they got Jock as their fifth center. So, Jeez. congrats to Wandale. Yeah, there are some connections there with assistant coach Will Weaver and the national team. Maybe something's gone <laughs> gone ahead and we don't know about it. Well, maybe he took a left when he should have taken a right. The fucker ain't the smartest fucker on the planet. Maybe, <laughs> Texas. maybe he just showed up to Houston's camp. Yeah. Uh, but I, I don't think they're going to go anywhere. I, oh, they, they're way too young. They don't – look, they don't really – besides Gordon, they don't really have that pro that's going to really – they don't have enough like good like good older players to sort of take those young guys to another level. Nor, nor do they want to be right now. Although they've got all those picks out in the wind with the with the trades they made, so it, it'll be interesting to see, you know, what's going to happen with those things. But uh, I like Jalen Green. I think he's played he's played okay, a little inconsistent to be expected, um, but he'll get better. You know, he's an offensive talent, but he he has no idea about what what it takes to be a pro yet, and it's going to take him some time. Their best asset in the roster, Stephen Silas, their coach, he's really good. Really smart guy, but he they've they've got you know they need a lot of help and it's going to take time. You know you got Jalen Green, you got Porter. Uh, actually, the European kid's not bad too. Uh, Sengun is it okay. Alperin Sengun? Decent. Yeah, like uh, strong kid. He's averaging like eight and five, uh, six ten kid. I think they just drafted him like sixteenth last year. So um, you know in this past year's draft, they, yeah, they're going to be their playoff bounce to the the. the, the they're going to be one of the worst teams in the league, but you know they'll be talented at times. They'll be they'll be good at times because they get up in the open court and run and, and do some things. But it's going to take some time, man. It's going to take. Yeah, former Sydney King Jason Tate there too. He's, he's having a pretty decent start to the year, and he had a great year last season. So there are a few pieces I'll watch, but yeah, I think they're they're not going to win many games. It's just um, they're, they're in a full rebuild, and we'll see how they go. Hopefully, the tank doesn't last four or five years like some of these tanking teams do it can just be a one or two year tank and then they can get better but we'll see team values pro like that's our wrap so we've done our western conference that's our wrap you can give a shit in about six months time when we're wrong about most of it but that's our wrap team values were announced this week pro did you, did you catch those by any chance uh um so this is um i'm just reading the run sheet now just it's just a value in billions yes it is yeah Yep. So, oh wow. So yeah, I, the Knicks caught me by surprise. I didn't think they'd be up there. I thought the Lakers would be. But anyway, I'll read these out in order from the most expensive valuation: New York Knicks five point eight billion, Golden State Warriors five point six billion, LA Lakers five point five billion. Then it takes a massive drop to Chicago at fourth, who are three point six five billion, Boston at three point five five billion, the Clippers at three point three billion, Brooklyn three point two billion. I thought they'd be a little higher. Houston at two point seven five billion, Dallas two point seven, and then Toronto. Funnily enough, snuck into the top ten at two point four eight billion. I guess the yeah the Lakers I thought would be clear number one just because they're a worldwide brand, uh, but I guess just the population in New York itself eats that up. And then and having Toronto in there was a little surprising, being an international team. And Brooklyn I thought were a little low, but other than that, some pretty pretty glaring numbers there, bro. Yeah, I mean I remember when Boston the new owners took over when I when I started working in Boston, they bought the team for like three hundred and seventy two million, and they had like twenty owners to get it done. Um, the New York thing, Golden State, obviously, you know, we know because of them winning. The New York, I wonder if that took into account the Madison Square Garden, you know, the value of that piece of property plus the team. Don't they own the network, Madison, Madison Sports? Yeah, or? they own the network. Yeah. yeah, they, well, the the owner, his his dad invented or started Cablevision. 
So like basically started Kate like cable net that cable network in New York. So literally, like I keep saying, like if he loses a hundred million, he'll raise cable like ten fucking cents and make his money back a month. Like, you know, his dad, I read about his dad in a bunch of documentaries about how how they started cable vision and like like putting all these like cable stations together into packages and stuff. So yeah, but like Madison Square Garden and, and all that, that's gotta be sort of factored in and then um yeah, it's interesting these evaluations like the Clippers. They don't even own their own building yet and they're at 3.3 billion. I mean, remember just a few years ago they sold it for 2, which it wasn't, you know, on the street it wasn't even worth 2, but it was forced out, you know, when Sterling got forced out, you know, they forced a sale and they got it at 2 billion without even owning their own building. They they they, they sh- obviously they rented from the Lakers in the in Staples. So, yeah, it's interesting what what's going on with these evaluations. It's hard to it's hard to figure, but it's pretty cool to see Toronto up there in the top 10. Yeah, it was. That was an interesting one, but one that might be on the way down, Pro, <laughs> could be the Phoenix Suns. So there is some um, pretty crazy rumors swirling. Is it Robert Sava, the owner there of the Phoenix Suns? He hasn't been a, a well-loved owner. He's He's been um, he's been criticized previously for not wanting to pay guys, doesn't like giving big contracts out. We have seen they have not extended DeAndre Ayton, so that fits the MO of, of what they do there. But there's some allegations. This is according to Jordan Schultz. Um, there's some allegations of racism, sexism, and sexual harassment against Phoenix Suns owner Robert Sava. This report is a monster, he said. As bad as you might think it, it might be for us to be having this conversation, it's worse. When I was told some of the things that are going to surface in this report, including sexual harassment, it is jaw-dropping. There is just no way with all these people on the record, men and women, that it's going to be able to survive, that he's going to be able to survive this in my eyes. What have you heard over there? There's been some rumors, but just quickly before you go, Phoenix Suns, which I assume was Sava making them put it out, put out a statement denying it all and saying it was all, all a misinformation campaign and that it's all, all false and they have documented proof. I'm not sure how you have documented proof of someone not sexually harassing someone or using sexism or racism but they have documented proof apparently that that's all false. What's going on over there, bro? Folks, it's hard to fucking say. Now, I've heard stories for years about how people hate this owner and I don't know him. I've never dealt with him. But like, you know, former GMs, former coaches, former players, former staff members, they've always had a word like top three shit show owners and not pro sports, but in the NBA for sure. His name always popped up and it, it just like... Every, anybody on the planet, this fucking this fucking rectangle that we have in our hand, it's recording our every fucking move. And like it seems like people don't seem to understand that. Like you, it's not the seventies anymore. You just can't buckle everybody down and and you can't shut everybody up. It's impossible. This shit gets out. It's gonna get out at some point. And. You know, like they don't understand with email. Like, what could happen to John Gruden? A fucking email from ten years ago is taking it took him out of a sixty million dollars in paid money, like that he was owed. Like, this shit comes back to you. Like, if you're an asshole, you're an asshole. If you're a cheap fuck, you're a cheap fuck. I could deal with all that stuff, but you got to understand, like, like when you work with people and you're in conversations and you do things, and then you start going a little bit nuts on things, you don't think they're gonna press record. Like, you don't think that you're in meetings all the time that people aren't fucking recording you, especially if you're acting, like, way inappropriately. Like, it's fucking nuts. But, I mean, I read I read this stuff. It, it's, it's supposed to be pretty, you know, um, they said that Ryan McDonough's on, on the XGM's on, on record. They said Earl Watson's on record. You know, they say a lot of people, like 50 people they interviewed 
for this thing. It, it's going to get out. It's it's an interesting story, man. It, it, it just like look, go to the games, have a good fucking time, enjoy being an owner. But if you're going to be a fucking asshole, don't be an owner. Be a fucking you know, be a fucking you know, a season ticket holder. But you know what? He's going to get paid. Like the, you know, they'll force him out, and they'll probably they'll they'll probably put the team. You know, if this is going to be as big as the, the Sterling thing, which they said it's going to be bigger, from what I've heard. So I assume that they're going to fucking sell the team and whatever it's worth. He'll probably get 30 percent more. He'll make a little bit of a profit, and then he could just sort of chill. Yeah, that, that was none of my question. You think? It, I think it's gone. I think with the smoke, there's fire. As soon as these kind of things come out, the NBA's. You know, very progressive with all this kind of stuff. And if these comments are true, that has gone this crazy with some of these comments and sexual harassment, then obviously, you know, it's deserved. But yeah, I think, I think no matter what he does, the statement that he's put out, it sounds like he's going to try to fight it or try to defend his name. But I think that battle's lost already. I think he's going to lose his team. I think they'll give him overs just to quieten him up and tell him to hit the road. But um, yeah, the Phoenix Suns are going to have a new owner, I think, by next season. Yeah, I agree. Now, the Sterling thing was interesting because they got him on tape, but then like his mental state was, you know, was in question where then the judges like like had to give the wife like, you know, control of all his money in the state. So she forced the sale. It'll be interesting how much... Because, like, no one thought the Sterling was in his right mind anyway at the end, right? No doubt, yeah. It'll be interesting because this guy's not, like, Sterling in that sense where, like, he's got dementia and people question his men- mentality like that. They'll question his mentality on uh, being a fucked up guy. But, it like, I wonder how much he could fight this and how long he could keep the team before they force him out. Is it, like, a two-year ban where, like, he keeps the team, but he's banned from it for two years or a year? Is it a full, like, we're getting rid of you? Because we don't know what's in that report. I mean, obviously, it's going to be big, but it'll be interesting how much his legal team to ke- could help him keep the team and for as long, you know, how long he can keep the team for. Yeah, but shit, do, do you want to even keep the team under those circumstances? Like, if most of the players think you're this guy, um, whether you are or not. Well, he's been around these fucking billionaires, man. Yeah. They're, fu- you know, the power and money and ego are uh, and most of them, not all of them, but most of them are through the fucking roof. They'll fight it to fight it. Now, yeah, you're right. uh, he's been known to be a fucking cheapskate, so he might just want to take the cheap way out and say, well, you know what? They'll probably give it to me for 20 or 30% more than my team's worth. Fuck it. You know, I don't have to fucking pay DeAndre eight and I'll get the last laugh on him. Or he hires a lawyer. Door, but he hires one of those lawyers you see on the side of a freeway that's no no win, no fee. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No win, no fee. Captain Jack. You know, the, the guy with the two fucking rifles and the in the cowboy hat. But, uh, yeah. yeah. So I don't know, man. It, like, don't be a fucking asshole. Like, look, you got all this money. You got a fucking great life going. Like, why do you got to do this shit, the sexual harassment? Look, you got money. Ugly guys could get laid all the fucking time if you got money. Like, who gives a fuck? Do you have to sexually harass people? Do you have to fucking be ra- like the racist thing? Like, come on, man. Like, it, it, you know, d- didn't he learn from other people getting caught on this shit that this eventually was going to get out? I mean, if it's one instance, okay, like, maybe you could sweep that under the rug. That's been done before. But, like, it, this seems like it's a huge fucking thing. Like emails, texts. You ever heard of a screenshot before? Like the shit that you send out, and I'm sure there's going to be piles of it that they get in evidence on this report. 
Like, don't you understand when you're a fucking asshole and you you send out vile shit that that shit's going to get recorded? Messages, everything that you do is going to get recorded. Your phone could get hacked. Like, this shit's going to come back and bite you in the ass. And, you know, the problem is if you got family, you got kids. Yeah, now your kids got to read about you yeah. for the rest of their fucking life. Well, even when they're older, like, let's say the kids are four or five right now, and then in 10 years they read the shit, you know? It's what, the internet's forever, right? So, yeah. And, you know, I'm sure his kids, whether he has sons or daughters, friends will fucking probably bully him about that shit that your dad's a racist or a sexist. It's just not good, man. But, um, well, well you know, it's all a legend at the moment. We'll wait to see what comes out. But my, my take is. Just a sniff of this tells me that he's going to lose. He's going to lose his license, and they'll sell that thing off quickly. And we'll see who the uh, who the new purchaser is. NBA at seventy five pro now. I just want to make this clear. I couldn't give a shit about these kind of awards because I think they're so pointless, and I think they're so there's so much to take into account with different eras and rule changes and blah 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 blah. But I mean. <laughs> Some players have reacted. Clay Thompson is one, and I think he has a point. I think Clay should be in there some way. I'd take Clay over Reggie Miller, for instance. I mean, Reggie never, never hasn't won a championship. Reggie was generally a one-way player, a shooter. Um, he wasn't really known as a defender, um, whereas Clay plays. So I think Clay has a gripe. I mean, my only other snubs that for me, I think the biggest snub was Dwight Howard. Um, I think he should be in there. People forget because of Dwight's carry on the last five, ten years with some shit that he's done off the court and on the court and had some issues. Uh, they forget how good he really was in his prime. He was. You know, I came into the league when he was in his prime. I was a young fella, and, and he was one of my hardest matchups. He was an absolute beast down there. He was strong as an ox. He was athletic, and he, he had he had a much better touch than he had later in his career. So he was confident to go to his hook shots and rolling hooks. So he was tough. And the only other one I'd, I'd bring up is Kyrie. I think Kyrie should be in there as well, but. I think that was part political with everything going on right now. But give me your take on it. I know you don't probably care about it, um, just like I do, because I think it's just a it's it's people's opinions and picks, which can be you know go either either way. But what are your thoughts around it? Well, my thoughts are the person who ran it should be sent to the fucking mailroom for the rest of their life. How do you get a seventy five list? Right? I don't give a fuck who's on that list. I don't give two fucks. Because you put it up for vote. So, like, whenever you put it up for vote, whatever votes come in, they come in, and you don't, you don't. But to get to 76 on a 75 list because it was a fucking tie, no, 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 no. You go back <laughs> in that fucking room and you get 75. So, right off the bat, whoever fucking ran it, you're in the fucking mail room opening up fucking – you're opening up Christmas cards for the rest of your fucking life. Uh, you're open, you're, you're in the mail room. Fair point. Yeah, because – come on. Give me a fucking break. And then, look, you can't control this shit. That's why, like, when people start coming around, I mean, top 50 list, top 10, I said, shove that fucking list up your ass, because I can give a fuck less, because I, I I see the game differently than you see it, than this guy sees it, than this girl sees it. We all see it different. And, like, most of the time, you're probably going to forget. You're going to, like, pick a lot of players that are more more current than former. You're going to forget a lot of those type players, right? Recency bias, yeah. Yeah, it is recency bias for sure. And then also for lists like that, folks, I think if you're going to pick players that are still playing, that they need to have some sort of criteria. They have to win like some kind of a combination of a championship, um, an MVP, a finals MVP, like, or you're not on the list. Like if you're gonna pick, like if you if you're gonna pick guys that are still playing today, I agree with you on the Dwight thing. Like he wasn't as skilled as Shaq, but like everything else, he was just as good as Shaq. Like in his prime, he was fantastic. But yeah, like but hey, it is what it is. You had people vote for this, and they vote who they vote for. I don't get upset. I don't I don't lose sleep. I don't give a fuck if they want to keep Michael Jordan off that list. Fine, whatever you want to do, you know whatever you're gonna vote for, you vote for. You know what's interesting, pro. 
So the NBA did the top the NBA did the top 50 25 years ago, right? I think some of those players didn't make the 75, I believe. I could be wrong, yeah. but I'm pretty sure that some of the players that made the top 50 haven't made the top 75. So I thought it'd be just 25 players added, right? Because if they're in your top 50, they're in your top 75, right? Think about it, both. So 25 years. There's more players. There's yeah. more players. I get that. But I'm just saying, it was just an interesting take because you've made the top 50. For sure. How can you not make the top 25? But like, yeah, obviously, there's, I totally there's agree. more players coming on. But yeah, I, th- I thought your action by a lot of people was overboard. And eh, it's ego. Even some of the panelists. Some of the panelists they had voting, you're just like, dude, like- my wife could have voted just as well as some of these people and she, she watches zero <laughs> basketball. You know what I mean? So Yeah. Anyhow, moving on. Okay, NBA Europe. I, this was interesting. So the National Basketball Association said Friday that it had, it had begun negotiations with World Basketball Body FIBA and the EuroLeague about unifying the game in Europe. Organization of basketball in Europe fractured in 2000 mid arguments over TV rights. As part of our ongoing collaboration with stakeholders, we recently were invited to engage in discussions about how we can work together to grow basketball in Europe. We look forward to participating in, in subsequent conversations moving forward. That was NBA spokesman Mike Bass. And they continued on with the EuroLeague, the competition which features the continent's best clubs strenuously denied the report in a spanish sports newspaper that talks about the talks were intended to create an nba europe the subjects discussed in that meeting never included the creation of a division of the nba in europe Euroleague said in that statement so there's already a bit of shenanigans going on who knows what the truth is but do you ever see european teams being in the nba pro or, or asian teams for that matter do you ever do you ever think that's a reality i don't i mean unless it's funded totally by the nba for the most part i don't see it i don't see the economy for um, a year first of all the logistics of it right and you know obviously the travel and things and the secondly the um you know the arenas the infrastructure the money that you have to pay out for staff for players and all of this i think it, it's going to be really hard you know, for NBA team, you know, for for European teams to really do that. Now, you know, there's teams like Barcelona and Seska Moscow and Real Madrid that have, you know, Fenerbahce, maybe FS Pilsen. Like, you know, there are a few teams that, you know, Milan in Italy, like there are teams that have big budgets, but like you're talking about hundred plus million dollar, you know, although they'll probably be in the revenue split. So maybe obviously that, but like your ticket sales and your sponsors, like, I just don't think you have the economic infrastructure that NBA teams have um, outside of maybe like Memphis, New Orleans and some of the bad, you know, logistic teams in the NBA. But like, I just don't see how that's going to work unless the NBA is going to fund a lot of it, you know, and um, I just don't see it. I I don't see it working like that. Um, Maybe they can do some things where, you know, some, you know, they'll, they'll maybe step up the exhibition stuff, maybe add a tournament, Maybe add a like a midseason tournament at the you know at, at you know at some point during the year. I don't know. I just can't see a full time you know European team in the NBA framework. I, I can't see it. Yeah, there's just too much logistically. Then you factor in the time differences of guys. The only way they could do it is the conference setup, where there's a conference setup out there, and then they're maybe based in the US for two or three months, and they they go back to home and, and the rest of their conference games are played there. I'm not sure how you do it logistically, but it would be an absolute nightmare to do. It'd be cool to see. Um, but then you also factor in the NBA level of safety in their arenas and, and everything they go through to protect players. That would be an interesting one in Europe because some of these arenas, are, as we've spoken about, David Anderson was being on the pod and numerous different guys. It's a different atmosphere over there and, and what you're allowed to do over there compared to, you know, fucking Europe, these courtside ticket holders would be getting red cards every 30 seconds, you know? <laughs> like these fans that get red cards and get kicked out or get a warning, like shit, you'd be warning someone every, every 
every 10 seconds there because they're, they're throwing shit on the court, they're lighting flares. So it'd be interesting to see just the clash of cultures, but I, I don't think it happens anytime soon. I think there's probably some sort of relationship where the NBA agrees to play a certain number of preseason games there or Euroleague's come up, Euroleague teams play a certain number of preseason games in the NBA. That's as far as that'll all go. I think I don't, I don't think it's going to get legs further than that. Can you see Kyrie Irving looking up and seeing, you know, like people throwing like hot pennies at him and fucking batteries at him and then looking up and seeing <laughs> cops with semi-automatic weapons and fucking bazookas trying to keep fucking order and people throwing M80s in the court? Yeah, Ron Artes, middle world peace. <laughs> yeah. Good on real world. Yeah. And then they, the problem is those, 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 those people in Europe would actually fight back for the most part. <laughs> like, They'd be Without like, they'd, doubt. They'd want it. They'd be like, yeah, come, come, you know? So, but yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll watch that space, but I don't think it has that much legs, but it was reported. All right, Ennis Canner, man, the NBA cannot be happy with him, bro. Um, he has called out numerous things this week. He's called out Tibet, free Tibet, and all political ongoings with Tibet and China. And then he's called out the labor camps and he labeled as as genocide of the elders in China. Um, he's given some a few PSAs on, on his social media accounts, basically just saying it's a disgrace. China should be ashamed. We need to call them out, blah, blah, blah. And I don't disagree. I think there's some, some definitely issues over there that need to be sorted out. What has happened since then, China has now cancelled any games that Ennis Counter plays in. <laughs> <laughs> no longer, yeah, with the, the Boston Celtics basically are no longer uh, exist in, um, in China, which is interesting. And the other question is, will, will LeBron James go on record and call Ennis Cantor ignorant and uneducated for his views, probably? What do you think? You know how LeBron is. You can't really, you don't really, can't gauge what he's going to do, what he's not going to do. Yes, you can, Nike. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I just got a cough, man. Yeah, I don't know what's going to happen, man. You, you know how this stuff is, Bogues. Like, look, they, they want to use their... Athletes want to use their voice in, in, in certain ways, and some use them in productive ways, some not so productive. Well, you can say whatever you want. It's a free country, and some, in, in, in most respects, it's a free country. But there's always going to be repercussions, and what, what fucks all this stuff up is money. And he can say what he wants to say, but once, you know, look at Daryl Morey, what happened with Houston Rockets. They lost millions of dollars because of him. You know, because of that tweet. And you could say that's right, it's wrong, whatever. But, like, the reality of it is it lost a lot of money. And, you know, he didn't really get hurt. He went to another team and probably got a raise out of it. But with uh, with Cantor, you know, that's what China's going to do. You're going to say something, China's going to cancel your shit. And they're, they're, they're not going to they're, they're back down with it. And you know how the NBA is. It's going to be – they're probably going to side with, obviously, the money. So, it'll be interesting to see what happens. I don't, I don't, I don't know what LeBron's going to say. I mean – you know, I wouldn't want to fuck with Ennis Cantor though, so I'd be watching out. Anybody will watch out what he says because he's a fucking tough bastard and he'll come after you. But I don't know, man. It's a I, I stay out of things like this. Uh, you know, I don't really have much of an opinion on it, but it's uh it's not going to be pretty for him. You know, obviously, it's 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 definitely going to hurt him going forward. Yeah, I wonder if he's got a knock on the door already um, from from the NBA. But goes to goes to your point that you want athletes to be outspoken and, and talk about things politically for human rights and whatnot, but. As long as it doesn't hurt our bottom line, well, unfortunately, this is going to hurt their bottom line. But it's a it's a legitimate issue in the world that needs to be discussed. Now, the problem is, Bogues, the only thing is, if China's only going to take out the games that he plays in, they might they might still be able to air all eighty two games. I don't think he's played yet. <laughs> <laughs> but what about if he's just sitting on the bench, frowned upon? Actually, they'll just put a filter on. They'll Emoji. make him look like you know, <laughs> the, yeah, they'll make him look like Daniel Thice or something. Yeah, China's China's crazy, man. Take it from me. I've, I've been through that that fire when I was there, but it just will be interesting to see because, look, like 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 I just said, man, they they want athletes to, to speak out when it's when it's something that's um, 
PR positive that's, you know, a hashtag that's easy to tweet or post or T-shirt or whatever it is, this one's not as easy and it's a legitimate gripe that he has. Um, there is concentration camps over there that are going on today. There's slave labor going on there today. It's frowned upon that he's spoken out about it because it's going to hurt NBA players' bottom line. That kind of tells me all I need to know about the next time an NBA player comes out with any other kind of hashtag or social agenda, in my opinion. If you're not going to back Ennis doing this, I don't want to hear about anything else, but story for another day. Sherwood Strauss with a bombshell, pro. This one is hilarious. It's your boy as well, Woj Bomb, Adrian Wojnowski. So apparently he sends his own media stats to potential sources, pro. Did you know this? No, I've read the story. I read the article, <laughs> but I, I've never heard of this before. I urge anyone to go on Sherwood Strauss' Substack. It's probably trending on – you'll probably get it somewhere for free. Sorry, Sherwood, you're not going to get a sign-up from me again. But you probably find it on other news sources outside of ESPN. But apparently he sends a full-on database breakdown of, of how much views he gets compared to his competitors – shams and whoever else and blah 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 and it's got you know there's there's there's, there's graphs and pie charts and all kinds of shit I just, I just thought it was pretty petty man i just thought you're the best news breaker in the game everyone knows it you don't need to pump your own tires but the fact that he's sending out a, an a4 printed full color printed piece of paper to uh other agents and sources and gms out there saying hey you should go with me because i'll get you the most traction kind of hilarious pro you got to find the humor in it folks i just don't I, like i don't i don't understand like you said like why it had to be sent out and then, like, if you do send something like that out, like, you know, obviously in today's age, it's going to get sort of leaked out. Look, to me, the whole competition with Strauss, uh, with Strauss, yeah, with Shams and those guys, like, look, he's on top. I mean, he's obviously the best at what he does. And when you're on top of that level, you're only going to be on top for so many, so, for so long. And that business has become breaking stories. So, you know, you, you got to have to have all these sources of information and it's going to get a little ugly. It's going to get ugly between you and, and, and the people you're competing against. It's sort of like the, um, the, uh, the, you know, like late night TV or whatever, you know, when those guys are going at it as far as getting ratings and trying to be number one and they try to outdo each other. So, but it just was interesting like that, just that document itself, you know, where it came from, who, you know, who sent it out, whatever. It just... I don't know. It was an interesting deal, but like it's a competitive deal. Like, but that's what pro sports is all about in media. It's about breaking stories. So, you know, it's going to get competitive trying to get people to, you know, you got to get sources and, you know, you're going to, you're going to do whatever you can and get sources. Uh, but that's, I don't know, man. I, I just thought it was real strange to sort of the whole document and send it out deal. Like, I don't know. I, I just thought it was interesting. Yeah, it is. It is. I think it's just a bit, a bit too much. Everyone knows he's the the, the number one newsbreaker, but to actually be pumping your tires and trying to shit on your competitors, I think is um, just no need for it, in my opinion. I think you know, like I said, he's 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 well noted as being one of the better guys out there. And just leave it at that. I just thought it was a funny, a funny thing for Sherwood to do. And he's gone a little rogue, pro. He's gone a little rogue once he's left his. Uh, well, Bogues, he fucking talks to you. Yeah, yeah it's he's, great. He's, he's, it's great. We need more of it. So yeah. he's, he's left his big daddy. He was with ESPN and then he went to The Athletic and now he's working for himself on Substack. So he theoretically, no fucks given on his articles and, and, and basically there's nothing that Woj can really do for him writing for Substack. Can't get him fired. Can't get him pushed away like he did when he joined uh, ESPN and allegedly had a lot of people fired. So interesting route that Sherwood has taken, but I love it. I'm here for it. I got my popcorn out. All right, stats, useful and useless. I'm going to give you two players, pro, that are in this top 75 debate, and I want you to tell me out of these two, which which you would put in the 75 and which you wouldn't, okay? Sure. All right, player A, eight-time All-Star, 
eight-time All-NBA, five-time All-Defense, three-time Defensive Player of the Year, five-time Rebound Leader, two-time Block Leader, NBA Champion, 19,000 points, 14,000 rebounds, 2,000 blocks. That's Player A. Player B, eight-time All-Star, four-time All-NBA, four-time All-Defense, three-time Block Leader, NBA Champion, 13,000 points, 6,000 rebounds, 1,000 blocks. Which one are you putting in? Yeah, uh, more trusted LeBron teammate on player B too. So um, I'd probably put in player A, but obviously this is probably a little bit of a trick question. Is it really? The numbers don't lie. So okay, for those listening, player A was Dwight Howard. Player B is Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis is a fantastic player, but when comparing top 75, Dwight has eclipsed every number that uh, Anthony Davis has achieved to date. The only thing they're similar in is they're both eight-time All-Stars. White is an eight-time All-NBA-er, where AD is only four. Five-time All-Defense, AD only four. Uh, they're both three-times block leaders. Sorry, Dwight's two, AD's three. Both champions, but then 13K points versus 19K, I mean, I think it's a no-brainer that Dwight's in. Um, and that's the argument that people had, and there's some conspiracy yeah. theories around. That's why they had their argument on the bench, pro. Who knows if that's true, though, but it could potentially be the reason why. <laughs> but, yeah, that's just yeah. just another another thing to break down. It's it's recency bias. The Dwight we see today is not the Dwight Howard, prime Dwight Howard, and, and the Anthony Davis we see right now is pretty much the prime Anthony Davis. So recency bias does play its way. Was that, was that, a, use, that was a useful stat, wasn't it? Broke it down nicely. Pretty useful. Pretty useful. Those of you Muse guys or uh, Stats Muse or is there someone else? Stats Muse, baby. Oh, nice. They better start giving us some fucking sponsorship money, man. I'll send you a t-shirt. 8XL t-shirt I'll send you. Yeah, thanks. I appreciate it. Strauss too. Strauss isn't sending us shit. He's not sending us nothing. I think you're, you know, I think you, you're at least worth twelve to 15000 for him. That cheap prick better start sending you some fucking checks. Just a, just a subscription. Yeah. Just a sub. Just a sub, bro. It's not asking too much. We're going to sub stack him out of fucking existence if you don't start <laughs> fucking sending us some fucking sponsorship. We'll send Woji's address and phone number. All right, next stat. The Heat destroyed the champs by 42 tonight. The biggest Heat win in the last 25 seasons. That's also the biggest loss by the Bucks under Mike Budenholzer and the second biggest in his coaching career. Useful or useless? Ah, uh, pretty fucking useless. It's one game. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's obviously it was a pretty cool win or whatever, but pretty useless in my opinion. One game. I, early season, no one gives a fuck. You know, everything's been, you know, up is down, down is up, left is right, right is left. So... I think it's pretty useless, but what do you think? Yeah, I agree. It's useless, but it's just interesting that it's his biggest loss under the Bucks, and you just don't see you just don't see a a champion from the previous year get smacked by that much early in a season. Generally, you see a bit of a hangover period just from, from the celebration and whatnot. It takes them some time to start, but they're not usually getting thumped by forty two. That's the only reason I thought it was interesting. But yeah, it's a useless one. Next one: Russell Westbrook's career usage was thirty two point seven percent. His usage rate. His usage rate last night was nineteen point three percent. It was also his third ever. Triple single, less than 10, 10, and 10 when playing 35 plus minutes of his career. Useful or useless stat, bro? It's pretty useful just to figure out like, you know, usage without, you know, before he joined this team versus what he's been doing, even though it's a small sample size. It's an interesting deal. Plus, first single, uh, triple single with 35 plus minutes is interesting. I think it's a useful stat just because... It's a good to gauge it if they're trying to make changes of how to really maximize wins versus how to use him. So I think it is a useful stat um, because, you know, playing a LeBron and AD, it's going to be different. You know, it's, it's a different type of player than playing with, you know, KD or James Harden early on in his career or later on in his career. So it'll be an interesting deal of how they use him and how they adjust his usage rate. Yeah, I agree. I think it's useful just because it shows – 
for Russell to be effective, he needs the ball. He needs a lot of the ball, which is why I still question this move by the Lakers. I mean, arguably, I would I would think Buddy Hill would probably be a better acquisition than than Russell on that roster with LeBron and, and Davis, just because he's a feet set three point shooter. Can't provide more if he needs to be, but story for another day. But I thought it was useful just based on. For him to be successful and put up Russ numbers, he's going to need a lot more touches, and then that's taken away from um, from AD and LeBron. So we'll watch that space. What do you got? Fact or fake news? Both. Lakers wins more games in the regular season than the Clippers do. Oh, that's a good one. The LA rivalry. Oh, I think the Clippers. I think uh, fake news. I think the Clippers win more. I just. I'm not sure. I think it's going to take the Lakers a little while to figure this out. There's going to be injuries. AD's going to get hurt at some point. LeBron's not getting any younger, but I think they're going to have to. They're going to have to figure things out on the fly, and unfortunately, that's going to be some losses for them. So I think the Clippers, as you mentioned earlier in this podcast, they're a bit more used to each other. They've played together. They've got that camaraderie. So I think the Clippers have more wins at the end of this season, bro. Yeah, folks, I agree. I think it's fake news. I, I, I don't think the Lakers really give a fuck about the regular season. I think they're, you know, I think they're really trying to get in. Well, it's weird because I say fake news, but I say they want to just, they care about just getting home court advantage, at least in the top four. But... I don't think the Lakers and Clippers will finish in the top four, so it is interesting. But I will say they don't really give a fuck with the regular season. I think they want to they want to rest their guys. They just want to gear up for the playoffs, so they'll take you know missed opportunities to win games as long as they're not sliding way down the line where they have to play a one seed or a two seed. So um, in the playoffs, but preferably have a home court advantage. But I, I think that. I think the Clippers are more built to win regular season games, you know, especially if they're not going to be resting guys. They don't have to deal with the Kawhi Leonard. Well, he will be, he'll, he will be fucking, uh, rested most of the year because of his injury, but then I have to worry about the inconsistency of the lineup. I think most of those guys will play a lot of games. So, um, I think they will win. I think it's fake news. I think the Clippers will win one of the Lakers. Minnesota makes the playoffs top 10, not eight. Well, yeah, fake news, fake news based on. My assessment of Minnesota, I think they'll be close. They'll be in that battle with Sacramento, them, San Antonio, but I have San Antonio. So I'll say fake news for Minnesota, Pro. Yeah, I don't really – I think it's a little bit scary to be uh, trying to be lined up with you as far as like – because we keep on agreeing and it's getting a little scary. But, yeah, I agree with you. I, don't, I think they're going to challenge. I really do. I, I, I do like their team. But young teams like that, although I do like having Towns and – I'm not a big Russell fan, but those guys are talented – and you know they've been they've won some games before, not a lot of them, but they've they've had some history of de- being decent. But I still don't think they're going to make the top ten. So I'm going to say it's fake news as well. All right, Portland gets out of the first round. Fake news. Let's see if they even get there. But yeah, fake, fake news. I think they're they're not getting out of the first round. Yeah, I agree. We're, we're three for three tonight. Three, for three baby. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I just don't think they. Like I said, I, I think they could sneak a couple of games. Um, against a one seed or a two seed but other than that they're going to be at the bottom of the West they're going to be facing a very good team you've got the offensive firepower to light up on any given night but defensively they don't, they don't show me enough defensively they've got a new coach there's a distraction of Dane being in or out is a distraction of CJ being on the block for Ben Simmons. So I think that that, that thing is not going to end well. And I think if they make the playoffs, that's an achievement for him with that roster, bro. Yeah, I agree with you, Bogues. I, I don't I don't see it. I, I just don't think they guard enough. I don't think they're good enough. They're probably going to be challenging for – they're probably going to be a play-in, uh, challenging for a play-in you know, situation. And then they got to get out of a play-in situation to – you know, a regular playoff series. And then you're talking about a seven or eight seed – and then I, I don't see them knocking off a one or a two seed. And I, I think that team will be very much different with a lot of different staff and a lot of different players 
coming into next season, not this season, but next season. So I don't, I don't see them getting out of the first round. Exactly right. All right, that wraps up episode 39 of the Robo's Basketball Series. For the Q&A section, we're just going to leave it on calling this week. So we um, urge you to jump on the calling app if you want to hear um, our answers to some great questions that we had. We generally do these around about uh, 11 o'clock uh, about 12 o'clock Sydney, Melbourne time in um, in Australia, and it's roughly about 8 p.m. Texas time, um, give or take. We do those on Sundays, usually Sundays Australian time, Saturday nights American time. So feel free to join us. We've got a lot of fans joining and asking us questions. But that will wrap up this week, Pro. We will see you next week. See you guys later. Thanks, folks.